Hey y'all, so tonight in continuing restructuring spiritually, we're going to talk about identity. And that is because if you do have a strong sense of spirituality, whatever it is, it's often super wrapped up into your identity, your culture, possibly traditions. And so I want you to be able to recognize your abuser's tactics spiritually as not just a spiritual attack, but it is essentially an attack against your identity. As long as your abuser can keep you malleable and insecure and not have that strong foundation of identity, you're easier to control. I know it sucks to hear because no one ever actually does anything to deserve abuse. But there are certain things that your abuser will do to make it easier to maintain control over you longer. And a lot of times we fall susceptible. And The craziest part is that usually that's because we care about the person. So we have all of these vulnerabilities down. We thought they were safe and we let our guard down. And when we let our guard down, oftentimes we shared most of our vulnerabilities. Okay. Um, There are so many things uh, that my ex can use because I shared them in some of my most vulnerable moments. And that is super indicative of abuse because a safe person will take your vulnerabilities and guard them for you and try to build them up with you help you engage in healthy pro-social behaviors an abuser will always use those to try to control you keep you in fear and intimidate you with the information that he's learned it always amazed me when i first left how he was able to take all of these most vulnerable things that i had shared and turn them into a weapon and i'm no longer surprised because i've been doing this for a little bit now right Um, But it doesn't cease. And so as you gain your personal freedom, as you protect your own sense of spirituality, there is this recognition that part of your identity is formed in the idea of your personal spirituality. So what I want you to think about are some of the things that you consider to be your spirituality, but also like core values of who you are. Okay, so sometimes I can have a ridiculously altruistic point of view of the world. Okay, Um, I wish everybody could just get along. I'm that girl. Okay, go ahead and judge me. It's okay. I know it annoys so many people, but I am. I accept that in reality, that's not necessarily an option. But in my dream world, people realize when they're hurting other people and they say that they're sorry and they make amends. And then all of a sudden, everyone's getting along. Not true, not real life. It's made it super challenging for me to deal with confrontation, but I'm learning as I grow. And uh, part of that is also wrapped up in my spirituality, my belief that God loves all people. So I actually want to see everyone achieve their potential and then treat others with kindness. So like these are pretty core aspects of my personality that are in my identity that are wrapped up in my spirituality. And another one is compassion. So I can have people point out all these judgmental scriptures And I'm like, but Jesus showed compassion, okay? Um, Because I believe that when someone's hurting, they don't need someone to preach at them or judge them or hurt them. They need someone to love them and hold them and not even tell them it's going to be okay because sometimes that's not, but just to be there, you know, be that hand holding theirs, be those eyes that share empathy for what they're going through, you know, be the one who can listen. And uh, that's tied up in my identity too. These are certain aspects of my personality, of my identity that are also tied to my spirituality. And these things are important to me. And my ex knows that because I shared all these cool things all over the years and all my vulnerabilities and all my insecurities. 
And so one of the number one ways that he tries to undermine my identity is spiritually, try to establish himself as more proficient spiritually, as he knows more than I do spiritually, that he has more Bible verses than I do. And regardless of your religion, like there's nothing new about some misogynistic man thinking that he knows more than you do just because of the thing dangling between his legs. Okay, ladies, we know what it's like, all right? So we don't have to give into that. We don't have to believe that they are somehow more mature and more knowledgeable than we are. What we aim to do is to build ourselves up so that when they do these undermining things and say these cutting remarks, that it does not subterfuge our identity. And so um, I'm going to share a text I got today. Apparently I'm going all out, right? Um, But Simulus came in, okay? And I made sure that my ex got his Simulus because it got deposited into my account with the kids's. And I got the, I got the expected responses. Okay. And there were several texts that I got today that were super fun, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into all of that. I am going to bring out one because honestly, it's kind of perfect. I want to be like, you know what? You just set me up perfectly for this, but I, I didn't do that. Okay. Just didn't respond because sometimes the best reaction you can give an abuser is no reaction. That way they can't feed off of your emotional reaction. Um, So he uses things like this, even though we've been separated for a year and a half, um, I've said we won't ever reconcile unless he did an abuser program and he won't, right? So this is, this is over, it's, it's done. And he said, I would encourage my beautiful wife to not let bitterness take root. Consider the meaning of your name. Funny story, guys. Um, <laughs> the meaning of my name, okay. Uh, I did this uh, spiritual, for this Bible study, I did this spiritual research into what your name can mean, like Hebrew roots of names, historical roots of names. And honestly, if you ever get the chance to do it, it's actually really cool just to find out what your name means. So I found out that Michaela means like, who is like the Lord, which I don't think that actually means like the Lord, right? But sometimes I like to believe that me and God are friends, okay? And then Marie, which is where he's pulling this, means bitter. And I was, I was pissed about having a middle name that meant bitter. And then I have another middle name. Okay. Um, but this one, I was like, why uh, does it, that's awful. Why does it mean bitter? Why is anyone still naming their kid Marie? But I found this really, really cool verse um, where the, in the Bible, it had said, I will call her who is unloved, my beloved. You know, and there's this other scripture in there that says, though father and mother have forsaken her, I will take her up. And um, in another translation, it said, because father and mother have forsaken her, I will take her up. And to me, it was special because I was rejected in some crazy different ways by my parents. And then I went through this abusive marriage and I thought I was like, I thought I hit the gold mine, right? He like came across on paper so freaking good. I thought I nailed it. And to be feeling this rejection from another person in my life, right? Like it's very important to me to know that I am accepted and I am loved as I am because that is hands down my life's greatest struggle, believing that I am accepted just the way that I am and believing that I'm worthy of love just as I am. And I have consistently in my life received the opposite messages. So like, just think that that all worked together to create this super insecure young woman who is super vulnerable to someone who's like, I have the answers. Pretty much you'll be better with me. Everything will be wonderful. I was a total sucker. Okay. I was a total sucker for it. And I'm hoping that by owning it, I can help reduce the shame of like, oh, I was in an abusive relationship. Congratulations. There's a ton of us. You're not alone. We are going to get through this together. And so 
he took this meaning of my name that I had shared with him. Like, see, like, ugh, cringe. I cringe because I shared so much with him because he was my husband and I thought it was a good thing. Um, so tip, if you're sharing a lot of your vulnerabilities and you know that your spouse, boyfriend, lover is abusive, please stop. Stop. They will do horrible things with those vulnerabilities that just are worse for you. Put it on hold. You want to share with them, let them prove themselves that they're trustworthy first, okay? And some little tip for the day. Um, but this, please note that that text message, he wasn't undermining just my spirituality. He was undermining my sense of identity. He, he took like literally my biggest insecurity that I had shared with him was my biggest insecurity. My mom kicked me out when I was 13. I had to go live with my dad. I ended up having issues with him and my stepmom, and I was on my own and homeless by my senior year of high school. Um, yeah. And he knows all of it. He knows the whole ugly story because I shared it. And so now I get comments like that. And I'm really glad because the only thing it really did was piss me off. But um, there is still that emotional reaction because he took this thing that was so incredibly vulnerable and tried to change it. And do you know what he did it for? Money. And this is going to be a key for so many of you as you're getting out of this. I want you to pay attention. Not to what you think your ex is trying to get or your current person you're with, okay? What I want you to ask yourself is if they continued to do whatever actions or words that they're doing, what would you normally do in response? Because if you want to know what they're trying to get, it's whatever response you would normally give when under that type of pressure from your abuser. Like, and we've all had that habit of like trying to attribute these really great attributes to our abuser. Like, no, he's actually wonderful. He doesn't really mean it. Okay, I want you to drop all of it. This way you don't have to feel bad for demonizing him. And you can really look at the situation and say, okay, if he continued to talk to me this way, if he continued this action, what would I do? In what way would I give in? What would he get in the end after I react or respond? That's what he wants. Maybe it's an emotional reaction. My ex, he wanted an emotional reaction. He wants to <laughs> tell me how much of an awful, horrible person I am because I didn't give him the kids stimulus money when they live with me full time. It's fine. And um, that's what he wants. And so his goal in everything that he says to me right now is for me to give in and be like, well, I do feel bad for you. I guess it is immoral. I should have given you the kids' money. What a load of crap. But this used to work, guys. He used to play on my conscience. He used to play on my compassion. He used to play on all of these actually really amazing attributes of my personality to get what he wanted. And so if you can ask yourself, like, what would I do in this situation if this continued? That's your answer for what he's after. Sometimes it's control. It's sometimes it's your like capitulance, like you're giving into what he wants and that feels good for him. Um, in my case right now, it's, it's money. <laughs> so in this case, because he didn't get money for the kids that are the kids' money, um, he's going to attack the very most vulnerable part of my personality, which thank goodness he doesn't have access to anymore. But He's willing to do that just to get the money so that I would give in to him, feel bad for him and send him the kids' money. It's super manipulative. And I want you to see how the attacks on your identity tied in with your spirituality have very little to do with any truth about you and very much to do with what your abuser is trying to get out of you in your situation. So you, one great step is to 
take a statement that your abuser makes about your spirituality, about your identity, and say, this is not who I am. This is not what I believe. This is not true. Okay, and then you compartmentalize, which I know it can be hard if you're a woman. It's so hard, but you're going to do it anyway because I believe in you. So you're going to compartmentalize. This is not true. And for a moment, you are going to hold off your extreme emotional reaction to say this is not true, to not let it get into your heart and dig its way in there and drive a hole, okay, because that's what he's trying to do. Then you're going to go to the other side and you're going to ask yourself in a calm, detached way emotionally, what would I normally do and what would he normally get out of the situation? And once you have done that, those two things, like it's two simple steps, but they can be so hard when your abuser knows exactly which box to tick and exactly how to set you off and how to get an emotional reaction, okay? So you are going to be combating a lot, take it easy on yourself, but like you'll start to notice this, like, okay, if that's not true and he is trying to get something, then what he says does not define who I am. It does not define my sense of acceptance because how many of you find acceptance and belonging in your spirituality like this does not define that this does not define me this does not define the truth of my worthiness of love and when you can do that you start to cut off this drama and this emotional feedback loop that your abuser feeds on and you start to reestablish your sense of identity and connectedness and remember in talking about spirituality like no matter what you believe we're talking about connection you're reestablishing that for yourself. So you're removing what he is doing that before you would internalize and be like, why am I not good enough? Maybe if I had done this better, what if I did this? Maybe if I do this, we are literally separating ourselves from that. And you have what he said is not true. And I need you to take that stance because if sometime down the road you wanna do some self work, fantastic. But do not do it because your abuser says that that thing is wrong with you or that you need work in that area. I want you to ignore the heck out of everything he tells you you need to work on and just assume that none of it is true for now because you will be in a healthier place later to go back, look at that stuff and fine tune if you want to. So for now, it's not true. What would you normally give to him, do, etc.? And then you're your own person. You can look at it objectively, you can recognize it, decide how you want to respond or react, which I suggest a non-emotional response. For me, that was easier to do over text message. Like right now, I can choose not to respond at all. I can choose to wait 12, 24 hours or days or weeks. Um, I can control my emotional response. It gives me time to calm down, manage my emotions, dissect what was done and how I, and I needed that early days. When I first left him, I was not calm about it. I was like so pissed and hoping he would turn around for the better. And I was responding to every message he sent and arguing and trying to convince him. And um, none of it worked. None of it. So my recommendation is go non-emotional because what you're doing is you are establishing yourself as an individual person with your own thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and value. And you are capable of making your own decisions And you can move all of that crap that he says to the outside and be your own person and love yourself and have your own spiritual connection that he can't touch. He can try. Some things are going to cut a little deeper and a little faster, just like a sharper knife. But I believe in you and you are not alone and you are growing and you're already doing better than you ever have. 
And I believe that you're going to continue to grow, to continue to establish yourself and become secure in your identity and love. Okay. And I am rooting for you a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I'm rooting for you so hard. So don't be afraid. Know that you're not alone and that we're in this together until next time.